Hey Assassins, Gargudon here with a short intro just to lay everything out quickly before episode 19 of the Memory Corridor kicks off. Me and everyone at the ones who came before are very well aware of the current state of the Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft community, and we are also aware that there is a lot of anger towards the company and their products given how new grim details surrounding the aftermath of the internal Ubisoft scandal last summer has reached the public. Therefore, we know today might not be the best and most appropriate time to share this new episode, but given this was recorded before any headlines reached the spotlight, we wanted to put this out regardless instead of delaying it likely indefinitely. No matter what, enjoy episode 19 of the Memory Corridor starting now. Hello Assassins, Gargudon here, and welcome to episode 19 of the Memory Corridor here on The Ones Who Came Before. Today we are doing the third retrospective look at older Assassin's Creed titles, focusing today on the two Assassin's Creed titles from 2014, Rogue and Unity. Joining as guest is AC in-game photographer Armin, better known as Mender Captures across social media. And uh, just before we jump into it, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do here in the AC community. Uh, hey, thanks. Uh, first, Gustav for having me here. Uh, as you said, I'm a virtual photographer. I do photographies from the Assassin's Creed games, all of them. Yeah. And I've been in the community for like three years now. Uh, and yeah, we're doing it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, my pleasure. And uh, links to um, Armin's social media pages will be in the description below, so you can check out some of his pictures should you be interested in that. Um, so yeah. Now, with all introductions out of the way, let's go back to the latter half of the 18th century and do this retrospective. So the first thing I would like to cover is, what were some of your favorite and least favorite elements about AC Rogue and Unity, in terms of among other factors, story, characters, and gameplay? And uh, let's talk, start talking about Rogue for a little bit, then we can move on to Unity. So uh, I should talk about Rogue right now, like story, gameplay, stuff? Yeah, just whatever, like, um, made Rogue awesome for you. Like, I've been uh, replaying it here, uh, the remastered version, over the last few months, and I've just rediscovered how great it is. Like everything, sure the story is short, but it is one of the most powerful and best written stories in the AC uh, franchise. I don't know if you can exactly. agree with me on the story that. It's really amazing, you know. Yeah, the, because the it's so was... because it's so different and because it's darker perhaps and just because it, you know, portrays brilliantly portrays the assassins as the bad guys actually. You know, the otherwise heroes that we've known for, what, five, uh, seven years at that point, you know, are portrayed as, you know, hypocrites and uh, power mongers. And and the Templars, for once, are portrayed as, like, you know, exactly, the, yeah. the, honorable, uh, the honorable people. Um, and that is just what I love, love about it. Like, throughout the story, you're rooting for the Templars, in a way. You know, you're, or you're rooting for Shay, I'd rather say. Exactly, yeah, it's the same here, you know, I really like it, like how, it really is about the rogue story, you know, it really is about the rogue story, like they betray you or some kind of that, and Shay joins the Templars, and as you said, they really show that, like the Astasis that you guys liked for years, they can be bad guys too, you know, right? Yeah. And, um, and the story was, as I said, very short, but it was really great, and Shay is a brilliant character, because, um, you know, even as he gets more involved with the Templars, he's conflicted about it, you know? Um, like, for a long time, he's kind of like, I don't really know if I can support this, you know, like, total control ideology that the Templars stand for, but I 
can't help the assassins either. And you know, that's it. Shay, really, before he knows it, is caught up in this, like, you know, Templar inner circle before he knows it. Then he, you know, talks with Colonel Monroe. Then before he knows it, he meets, you know, uh, can't remember his name, like that technician guy. And then before he knows it, uh, you know, he's in league with the Grand Master Haytham. Um, yeah. And, you know, and suddenly, you know, and suddenly the assassins find out that he's alive and he's coming to kill all of them and then there's no way back for Shay. It's almost a pretty fun to see familiar faces like Haytham or uh, Franklin or even uh, Achilles. Yeah, Achilles, yeah, that's the thing with um, Achilles, who we otherwise, from AC3, knew as this old, wise, maybe a bit yeah. stubborn man, um, but throughout Rogue, he's portrayed as, I guess, what's the word, stubborn maybe, and hypocritical. Until the end, exactly. where he realizes Shay was right. Um, and it's sad that it took all those earthquakes and the death of everybody, you know, Adewale and all those people for him to realize that. Um, but it really uh, made his life, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's also it, you know, the different assassins you see throughout. You remember those? There's what's her name? Hope. There's... Um, Kazagawase, there's the, what's his name, uh, De La Verandry, I think, a French captain. And then there's Liam yeah. and Achilles. Yeah. I think those are the main five. What is it? De La Verandry and Kazagawase, who were always, you know, to Shay. You know, like, killing them felt good. You know, they really undermined him. And even among the assassins, Shay was always kind of an outsider, you know? Like, the only really re real reason he got involved was because of Liam, his best friend, um, who got involved with him, and then Shay kind of automatically did so. Other than that, Shay, yeah, the, the, the creed was never for Shay. Yeah, it's for real, it wasn't, you know, his type of work, I guess. Yeah, and, and then after that, uh, like, incident in Portugal with the earthquake, you know, he, he just knows, like, I can't, you know, the assassins are power mongers, and they have to be stopped. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, overall, despite it being short, every aspect of Rogue's story was just, I want to say, perfect. It's really one of my favorite stories across the franchise. Yeah, it really, really was, and that whole, and as I said, I've just been falling in love with it again recently as I've been replaying it. The story, and then the open world as well, it's great. Like, there are, the map is so diverse, like, you know, there are so many, like, you know, you have the North Atlantic, River Valley and New York, uh, all of which are big locations with so many different nooks and crannies. And it was, there's so many diverse, beautiful, photogenic environments. Um, like I got, you know, so many currently myself, unused rogue shots I've been taking and, um, and such. It's such a beautiful game. It doesn't. So, so, so my go-to trick there is just you know, kind of stand up against a tree or wall or whatever, and then kind of you know mess with the camera until like Shay's out of the picture, and you can get some good shots. But yeah, the other thing would be easier, um, especially if you wanted pics of Shay in one of his like cool assassin killer outfits or something. But. The oh, first well. person tool behind it, we didn't have it. That's yeah, but but yeah, the, the, the map and environments of Rogue were just brilliant. Mm -hmm. They really, really were. Yeah. Um, there was everything from, you know, the North Atlantic, you know, uh, snow caves and icy mountains to 
you know, huge, uh, uh, rich forests, uh, you know, a little more south to the to the city in, in New York, in New York. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was just yeah. brilliant. It really, really was. So, so yeah, in, in a lot of ways, and I think for a game like Rogue, which was, you know, much smaller in scale compared to other titles, and from how I understand it, was it in 2014 kind of released for, you know, back then, old gen, kind of just to those who maybe hadn't switched to new gen yet and couldn't get Unity, but, you know, they wouldn't be left out and still had an AC game? That was a goal, actually. Yeah, that, that, that might have been, like, that may not have been, like, the only intention, but it might have been there with it, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree. It's, this, this thing is really pains me, because it didn't let Rogue evolve. You know, it could have been a very better game. It's it's already a good game, but it could have been a very better game, because it has potential, especially the accessory. Absolutely, and and that's what I say. For for a game that was much smaller in, in, in scale, you know, the story was only also half the length normal AC story is, and 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 you know it wasn't made by it was made by one of the smaller Ubisoft studios. It was uh, Ubisoft Sofia. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It still was really grand, and as I said, everything from gameplay to maps to story to ideas, it was it was really well pulled off, and. I think it's a it's higher on my AC ranking list than I may otherwise have put it. So yeah, Rogue was just overall great, um, to say the very least. So many fun aspects about it. Yeah, I really love how we connected the ending to Unity. That was brilliant. Yeah, and that and that was um, also um, you know the the brilliance of the two 2014 games. You know, Rogue. You know, kind of ends where the next one chronologically begins. Um, so, so, um, so that was really awesome. And uh, with that, why don't we move on to Unity? Because, as I said, um, Rogue. There is so much as you can hear to talk about with Rogue, but maybe the game is just so great that it speaks for itself in a way. Um, and also, as I said, it's smaller in scale, so maybe there isn't as much to talk about really. Yeah. Yeah, Rogue was just really great in so many different ways, and I want to say it's a sleeper AC game in some way. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. But uh, unless we, uh, we can always come back to Rogue here if it is, so let's just move on to Unity, which, um, which, um, which was the bigger and, you know, the main AC event of 2014. Um, so let's move on to that. What were, what were some of your favorite, like, aspects of that? Aspect, as I said many times, by now is the parkour. It's just oh yeah, the, the the absolutely the free running system. Uh, you know, um, Unity introduced a much needed, uh, you know, revamp of the of the free running system. Exactly. Like you know, the animations like yeah, animations it was really it was so much more cleaner and so much more agile. Um, uh, like you could do anything. It may have been a little supernatural at points, maybe. Um, yeah, sometimes like suddenly sure. Arno would just without any like any uh, pre jumps, just make like a like a two meter jump or something uh, while it's still in the wall. Fast, yeah. But who? But who cares? It was brilliant the free running system. Yeah. Um, and other than that, like 
I think Unity gets way too much hate. It's brilliant. Challenge me right now. It's completely vice versa. I don't know why, but people are starting to realize that what a gem Unity was. Yeah. Um, it was I, ahead of its time at release, but it's now better right now. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's almost like... And I definitely see that um, from different people. So, latest yesterday, I saw Phil Spencer, you know, the CEO of uh, Xbox. He tweeted yeah, out a picture like yeah. that he was playing, I think, uh, Unity on the Xbox Series X at like 60 yeah. FPS. And um, maybe you saw that too. Um, and That's I also, a dream. I really yeah, yeah. And I also see from other, um, you know, people throughout the AC community that <laughs> it's almost now, like here, what six, seven years later, it's really getting the love it always needed to have. Exactly. And that can be a mix of many different things because I wasn't playing AC at the time when it came out, but my friends, some of my friends did, and. You know, I was, you know, following gaming on the internet, and it had the worst launch ever, from how I understand it. Yeah, exactly. And the, the launch was one of the things that people hated. <laughs> the game. Yeah, like, some people say that it was unplayable. Unplayable for some. Like, there were so many bugs and technical glitches, and, like, it was unplayable. The faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the, uh, where they were, like... Like their face was gone, and it, it was only like eyes and mouth. So yeah, creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Um. Um. But yeah, other than other, so yeah, it, it had a terrible launch. But then you know maybe after a few years, like now the dust has settled, and now it's really getting all the love it was always meant to get, and that's awesome. That it's kind of like. I think you you call it that it retrospectively becomes like um, a household title. Exactly. That's like really it's, it's it is one of my favorite Assassin's Creed. One of the top. It's the third best game for me. Unity. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know quite where I would place it if we were to rank it as you said, but I think it's definitely higher. And what was it? The first time I played it was uh, late 2017, actually, after Origins and. Um, and that was really great for me because, you know, I wasn't back then, I think I've said this before, but I wasn't that excited for Origins really, but I still decided to pick it up just, you know, to see what it was. But I fell off of it very quickly, you know, the whole RPG yeah, tone just wasn't, like wasn't for me. So going back to, you know, older AC titles that I hadn't played, uh, in this case Unity, was a gift. You know, just you know, like you know, you know the the, the memory sequences and the the varied gameplay and the and the, and the, you know traditional free running and and all that stuff. It was just um, just the old AC formula that was a gift. Um, that really was a gift. Uh, going back to that after having having been let down by the new direction of AC. Um, but yeah, Unity. It's just great. Um, can we talk about the story for a second, like um, the main story? Because while I wouldn't say it was necessarily great and not explored to the f its full potential, it definitely wasn't bad either. Well, I really like the idea of the story, like a fantastic fellow love with the Templar. That was really great. That was yeah, that was really cool. And hell, you were in Paris, you know. Uh, you know the city of love and and whatnot. Um, so obviously you had to have like you know a classic classic love story there. 
Um, um, but it worked really well, and and you know the whole um, chemistry between Arno and Elise was definitely one of the story's strongest factors. Um, and we see, and it would have been better, you know, the things that got revealed last year, uh, the whole project of Unity that. Yeah, stuff that's very controversial that maybe yeah. we shouldn't get too heated over. Um, <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about that for a second, actually. Um, what was it that Elise was supposed to be playable for some of the story or like a full playable character? Which one was it? I guess she was going to be you know, in some places of the story, not the whole yeah. Yeah. While I see it could have been cool and it could have worked, I just don't know if there would have been any, been any real reason for it. Do you know what I mean? I actually think it would have helped, you know, for a better ending for her. You know, maybe for a, maybe for a better dynamic. Um, but if anything, like just playing as her, you know, scripted in certain missions, that would have been maybe a little too con um, a little too restraining. Um, then I would have it like you could maybe switch between her and Arno like any time throughout the story. Do you know what I mean? And then obviously yeah. when when she gets killed off at the end, like then you can't play as her anymore. Um, kind of like um, if you've played Red Dead Redemption, have have you played those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of like you, you know maybe a little like that. You know, you really just switch playable character. You know, at one point yeah, in the story, then you know Arthur dies, and then before you know it, you're in shock. And I'm like, no, I don't want to play as John. Go back to Arthur right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even though in Red Dead Redemption One, I was like, no, I don't want to play as John, uh, or I don't want to play as Jack. Go back to John. And then when I have John again, I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> That suddenly becomes a remake of Further Redemption 1. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would like just overall to maybe see that concept applied to AC at some point. That you maybe, you know, play as one character throughout most of the story. But then at the mm -hmm. ending, that character gets killed off. And maybe you're, you know, that character's sidekick or child or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at least, like, just to get back to that. Um... I will say it could have been cool to play as her, but then again, like from what we saw, she was never really agile and free running and whatnot. So mm, I'm a bit no, skeptical we, as we to if it would have worked. That's actually, I think, the problem because we didn't see how it would work out if she was going to be playable. Yeah, like it's almost like we should have done that to fully have an opinion on it. I know what you mean. Um, exactly. Yeah. And. But still, just, and let's not get too much into that, but the whole thing that came out last summer, you know, that she was cut for time due to, uh, what was it, Mar like, con controversial marketing strategies. That was, that was, that was still not cool. That was really, that was really weird. Because um, if anything, I'm like, if I can play as a female character, I absolutely want to just because I'm so used to male characters. Same. Yeah, um, but then again, I wouldn't have wanted to have felt too forced or or any or anything like that. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, but um, but yeah, just um, just to get back to like uh, the main story as we as we talked about, like yeah, the Arno, as you said, the Arno and Elise chemistry was definitely one of the the stronger factors of the game. Um, and you know the way we, you know that. You know, they they were almost in love from when they were when they were children, meeting in Versailles for for the first time. Yeah. And then we see them. You know, they were. You know, they they grew up together and and whatnot. And 
Yeah. And and that was it. Even though we didn't see much of, you know, them, you know, doing their, like, you know, their teens and whatnot, it still felt very real, you know, when we saw, like, suddenly, like, you know, there are lovebirds, like, when they're, what, in their early 20s. Like, it still worked. Yeah, I, I, want, I, I care about them, you know? Yeah, I did too, and... Um, and yeah, it, it worked definitely, and um, and overall, that whole like um, I guess it was a revenge story overall. You know, um, you know, Arno getting framed for the murder of uh, Elise's father, and and the two of them teaming up for um, you know, revenge to find uh, what's his name, Shaman, uh, who was you know the main Templar. Yeah, that was that was really cool, and and overall, that whole you know, an assassin and Templar. Like setting aside their differences, like you know, fully working together. I love that. That was a really yes, interesting concept, and it's something I would love to see more of. That's the spotlight of yeah. As we, as I talked about uh, in the last episode, um, that was about AC three. We saw a little bit of it in that game, you know, when Haytham and Connor put their differences aside for like a sequence. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um. But then again, they were very quickly off to each theirs, and you know, they end like Connor ends up killing him, and so, so it was cool to see Fallout that you know that they were working together, and how they were even willing to you know leave their cause to be with the one they love. That was also an an interesting concept. Yeah. So so yeah, definitely. Um, but as I said, there were throughout the story, there, there were a lot of interesting aspects, but it was the only, even though AC stories overall are short, it was the only game I only, only AC game I played where I feel like this story's too short. Like, I don't know if you felt the same way. Uh, it kind of felt short, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it could have been just maybe one extra memory per sequence or two in some cases would have would have done it justice but but every yeah, sequence alone was very short and perhaps it felt a little mechanical at points it was only like two or three memories per sequence and they were great you know and they were lengthy memories so there was playing time but overall like i wouldn't have minded it being a little bit longer and maybe exploring some aspects um, it kind of acted like Brotherhood. Brotherhood is also a little short, memory parts. Yeah, like, overall, every every game, you know, after AC2, because AC2's campaign was, like, you know, that was long. That was, like, 100-plus yeah. missions or something. And after then, they were only, like, what, uh, around 40 to 50 memories. Like, if they were half the, half the length of AC2, all games after that. So, um, so yeah... But um, but yeah, as I said, maybe maybe parts of maybe Unity story was a little short at points, and some parts of it could have been explored further and have been built upon. But overall, I I really liked it. I especially like the idea, not not like the whole story, like how it turned out, but the idea, as I said, a Templar falling in love with an assassin. That was a good point. Absolutely, and that was as 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 I think we can both agree on the strongest factor was not only the chemistry between Arno and Elise, but that whole concept. You know, them you know sworn enemies putting aside their differences for something bigger. Exactly. And um, 
And how all of that tied in, and from how I remember it, how all of that tied into the French Revolution, you know, the its historical time period was pretty, pretty, pretty cool pulled off. Pulled off pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere and the visuals yeah. were perfect. I guess, I guess with that, we can move on to talking about, like, the map itself, Paris. I really like that map. Like, it was, even though it was only in the city, like, it was so diverse and it was beautifully animated and parts of it were really photogenic i'm pretty crowded yeah oh yeah super crowded yeah, yeah. uh super super crowded everything from you know notre dame to you know other squares and it was brilliant like um the map was just really really cool to explore and if anything i think you know about that pretty cool to just you know free run around yeah. Scale everything really like from it. buildings to to whatnot. Animations make it even better. Yeah, and um, and what was it? The catacombs as well. You know that whole like map underneath the city. That was yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, and that had this very ominous post-medieval vibe to it that I really love. Yeah, um, that was something that I love about Unity overall was. You know, even though it was set during the late 1700s in the Age of Enlightenment, how much of it was like, how many like post-medieval vibes there were to it? You know what I mean? Well, speaking of medieval, I actually uh, really like the beginning. You know, playing as a yeah. There's the there's the prologue set in what 1307 at the yeah, yeah. at the temple where you're a Templar who what is it? He hides the Sword of Eden that you know yeah. would later play a central role in the story like 500 years later and then he gets assassinated by uh, Thomas de Carnillon yeah yeah Thomas de Carnillon uh we uh now I'm speaking French all of a sudden (laughs) um yeah that was a pretty cool prologue and with um and you know that was historically from what I know with what's his name uh, Jacques de Molay you know getting burned at the um, at the stake that yeah. was when the Templars, like, in real history, died out. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah that was accurate. But here, you know, that is just when they went underground. Exactly. And, and the Templars, like, that we know from later AC games are are formed. So, yeah, that whole prologue, even if it, perhaps even if it didn't have that much to do with the later game other than, you know, um, the Sword of Eden being hidden, that would, uh, you know everybody would be on the on the hunt for 500 years later um it was still pretty cool and you know some some it was a great introduction to like short introduction to kind of the new combat mechanics and and free running mechanics and and whatnot yeah, yeah overall that was just um that was that, that was a cool little thing and and canelion's outfit was beautiful it was you know yeah. altair's robes but in navy pretty much and the, and the fact that you could obtain it later in the game yeah that was something else can we talk about that for a second? Those were the Nostradamus enigmas. That was a pretty yeah, cool yeah. Uh, gameplay element. Those riddles, and um, yeah, it was, it was pretty really cool. Creed, you know, like the ones we had with Arthur's armor back then. Yeah, um, and yeah. I, I I like the whole like mystery, like kind of detective vibe, um, detective uh, elements of that mission and. For some, I don't know if you did the same, you know, I had to look up IGN's guides to kind of help me with them. But (laughs) sometimes, in some cases, if you really used your brain, you could figure it out. 
Yeah. And the thing with it was, like, you know, with, I think all of them, like, if you find it at, let's say you find one, you know, the first sign, the first clue at Notre Dame, you know, the next clue is in the area. You know, you don't have to go to the other end of the map. Um, so that was it. Like, if you really just used your head, um, you could, you, you could solve them just with your head. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, overall, I like those. That was a, that was a fun, cool addition. And, and yeah, Carnel Jan's armor was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Overall, gameplay-wise, I just think there was, there was a lot, there was a big variation in gameplay in Unity. They completely changed, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and they're... Unity's, it's really, you know, how can I say, it's really French, you know, with class and like that. The sword, the everything is like that. Yeah, like, as you said, some of it was, like, copied from previous games, like, you know, collectibles, the overall formula. But then again, there were, like, the Enigmas, for example, in the Murder Mysteries. Like, there were some new additions, like, new type of side missions we hadn't really seen in previous games. And then there was, of course, which held the whole title of the game is based on, there was the co-op. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I mean, Unity refers to that band of assassins that never really plays a role in the main story, but <laughs> does in the co-op. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was that was and maybe a bit are, odd, but they're really good. They're really good. The co-op missions, the hardest, everything. Yeah, I mean, I've spent some time in co-op. Like, I haven't spent that much time in it actually. Um, and if I have, I've probably mostly been playing them by myself. <laughs> um, and and you know that has been for everything. You know, collectibles I wanted, or or hoods, or or whatever. But when I have tried it with others, it works. And it definitely worked that whole co-op element of it, and that was really fun. And yeah, it was. It really worked beautifully. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to add, you know, all those things you know from single player, you know, stealth, smoke bombs, uh, staying discreet, and whatnot. It was cool to let that rely on others, and you had to work together to to make it work. Yeah, exactly. That that point of relying on others was the. The beautiful point of the co-op in Unity. Like when an enemy detects you, your ally will kill him to, you know, prevent alarms and stuff. Yeah, and I can't remember all the co-op missions, but I remember a few of them and that they were they were pretty fun. Like was it there was the women's march and the Yeah and the what was it? Protect Napoleon and you had there to rescue Demericor and Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a music one which is the heist. Oh yeah, the heists. Yeah. I don't remember those. I still do that because it gives you a huge ton of coins. Yeah, as you say, um, the heist you could always always replay those just if you needed to grind some money. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because money came a long way in Unity. Like you know, like there would be one outfit you had to buy for what one hundred fifty thousand, and then you buy that, then you broke, then you need money for the next one hundred fifty thousand uh, piece of hardware, and. <laughs> Yeah, the prices were pretty high. But then, luckily, some of the chests—like, if you found the right ones—there was a lot of there was a lot of coins in that as well. Yeah, some of them uh, contained uh, uh, legacy outfits. Oh yeah, some of them did. That was the um, the yellow chest. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, the yellow. What, what were those called? Chests. Those were called. Um... Initiate chests. Yeah, initiate chests. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the legacy outfits look really cool on Arno, and 
and also just the outfits in general. There was that, what was it, the Todd McFarlane version of Arno's outfit? Do you remember that? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That looked so, so cool. And, um, that was, yeah, pretty decent, yeah. And then there were also other cool outfits, but that's another thing that was one of the best things about Unity, was the customization. Yeah, it was I agree with that. like it was like any other great open world game where you can customize every part of your character, and you know, make your look so unique. Um, exactly. That was just so great. I mean, there was something for everybody. Like if like kind of, if you're kind of like me, if you were kind of like to more into coats and you know waist capes and such, you could do that. Mm-hmm. If you're into big yeah. hoods, you could do that. And if you were into just more of like a you know, just like almost normal normal wear, just pants and, and a shirt. You could also do that without big skirts or waist capes or anything. Like there was something for everybody. Yeah, and Yeah, and there was what? There was the brigand coat, there was the medieval coat, there was the master assassin, there was the phantom musketeer, Napoleon, there was everything. Like there was something for every taste of fashion. Exactly. There really, really was, and I, I, I think last time I played Unity was about two months ago now. Um, and I try to switch my outfit as often as possible, just because there's so much I want to wear. Um, but then <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to save up money to buy that piece, and then I never got to wear it. And and then you know you could customize your entire outfit and the colors of it, and. The customization it's was really the, the best customization system in my opinion. And weapons for that matter. Like, um, if you wanted to carry a huge axe on your back, you could do that. While where I am just uh, more, of a, more of a, like, I was just more of a swords guy, you know, one-handed. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> um, the other thing just looked a little, a little stupid. <laughs> yeah, um, especially the rifle ones. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked a little funny, like, running around with that huge spear on your back and whatnot, but, uh, yeah. Um, customization in Unity was just phenomenal, so, um, so, yeah. But, um, but I guess... Uh, to, to, to add to that customization, uh, I would say that I think it had the best version of the Legacy outfits, like, every, each of them. Oh, yeah, the definitely, like, at that point, what was it, we had Altair, Ezio, Connor, Edward... Shay as well. Yeah, and Except Shay. Three RPG games plus Syndicate. And yeah. Shay, yeah. And Shay, yeah. There were you could I wear Shay's um, Templar coat as well. <laughs> and then uh, what was it? Uh, Arno's Master Assassin outfit as well. Yeah. That was really cool. But yeah, overall, like there was just so many great things about Unity, and in a way, I'm glad it's finally getting the love. It always deserved because even when I started playing it late 2017, I t- definitely still didn't see as much love for it uh, across the AC community as I do now. Same. Yeah, like it's, it's great and it's right now, like it's great. It's, it's getting better. it's getting the love it always deserved, and it's wild if it can become like the household title it was always meant to be. Here, almost uh-huh. ten years later. Yeah. That would just be beautiful. So yeah, but I guess other than that, like other than story, like gameplay and and such, I think we've I think we've covered a lot of interesting aspects um, about Unity and the map and such. Because uh-huh. one, one final thing I wanted to uh, hear your take on throughout the story: Were there any other like memorable characters other than Arno and Elise? 
would you say? Because I don't really know if there were any like because Shamon, you know, the main villain, he wasn't that interesting to be completely yeah. honest. Uh, he was yeah, a sage, yeah. and that was pretty much his only like trade was that he was a sage. Yeah. Um, it's it truly wasn't an interesting character. Like, yeah. You have Cesare in the franchise, which, I, which is my most favorite villain. But I didn't really like Shaman. Yeah, Shaman, he was, he was kind of a bland villain, to be completely honest. Um, but I think another standout character was Belek. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. Um, from how I understand it, he was the kind of this rogue assassin who had kind of lost faith in the Creed. And, you know, yeah. he broke the creed, and that's why uh, him and Arno have a have a, have a a face-off at one point. Yeah, he went too far, you know, killing Mirabel. Yeah, and and that was, I guess that was one of the main uh, points of Unity Story 2, was that, from how I understand it, Arno also starts losing faith in the Brotherhood, actually. And the creed, and yeah. the, and the, restri the, res the restrictions of it. And that alone, there's his epic speech at the end. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like we, like we consider ourselves redeemers, avengers, and like you know we give our lives for a conflict that will be recorded in no history book, and that was pretty epic. Yeah. Um, and you know there is at that point uh, after, that's it. That is when things get interesting. You know he has the opportunity to kill Jamon, but Elise is there too. And then, you know, he ends up saving her instead of killing him. And then, you know, that is when he really falls out with the Brotherhood and he what heads up to Versailles and starts drinking excessively. Yeah, and then go through uh King's map, I don't know the name. What's the name? What? Franco? Which one? Dead King's uh city. Uh yeah, yeah. that was uh Franciat or Saint Denis. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. We can move on to that in just a second, but I just wanted to say, you know, when he goes back up to Versailles, you know, do you remember that? Like, th there's a mission where you're playing drunk, like you're yeah, literally drunk throughout much. the whole mission. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was one of the things I probably would have liked to explore a little more. Would like, would have liked that to have a little more depth in the story. Was that Arno questioning the Brotherhood? Yeah. Um. And Arno's just, in general, a character I would love to see again. Because I've said this before, but if, let's say, we were ever to see, like, Connor and Shay again, you know, kind of them, those two clash in the North Americas, like, in the late 1700s, it would be ideal to have Arno there as well. Just because, you know, they're alive at the same time and whatnot. There is actually a hashtag going on in the community. Uh, give us the Arno sickle. One of my friends. Uh, I'm hopping on board that right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I always ima imagined it in my in my head. Like you know, kind of Shay one-handedly has put like you know everything Connor spilled to the brink, and you know he needs help. Um, so he calls you know. Whoever in your Europe is available for help. Yeah, that would just be Arno. to uh, mention, the, the guy who started the campaign is uh, Inventor 4059, uh, along with with me, because I want to, you know, uh, to say their names. They are the owners. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Oh yeah, I'll have to hop on board that. <laughs> and then combine it with Connor and Shay sequels as well. Then we have a slam dunk. But um, yeah, okay. But um, other than that, like I think that is uh, everything for the main story. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, exactly. Then uh, here at the end, I would just like, as you said, quickly to talk about Dead Kings, the um, the expansion. Um, what's your take on that? <laughs> it's another sad story for our sad boy Arno. You know, it's like he's really depressed. We're seeing uh, people still like to erase all the stuff, and there's actually more Easter stuff in the Dead Kings. More yeah, there was. Story. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand what the whole like ghost of Saint Denis, like those underground beams or whatever. If that was Isu tech or if that was something else. Like it didn't look I like think it's Isu. Supposed to be Isu. Yeah, it's it just didn't look like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it, but, and that was the the Dead King story itself was. Uh, I never quite understood that. What what was going on? Like suddenly Napoleon's arrested. What? Uh, like when did that come into play? And like I didn't care that much for that itself, the narrative of it. But there were cool aspects of it, like the head of Saint Denis and. The underground catacombs, which, as I said, were super cool to explore and really, you know, amplified this whole, you know, post-medieval vibe we see throughout the main game. Also with the helix rifts. Do you remember those, like, in the in the quarry? That's actually how you should, unlike Altair's outfit right now, to destroy the helix missions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I actually yeah. haven't unlocked Altair's outfit yet, from how I remember it. A lot of people were struggling over that. I also struggled over that uh, for like a, a year ago. But then I started collecting all the artifacts until a notification came that you have unlocked a new outfit and that was also Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like in general, the Helix Rifts were a cool addition. There was everything from, what was it, um, La Belle Epoque, um, you know, like late 1800s to World War II to the, to the medieval times and whatnot. Yeah, the World War II was funny, like, I shooting with machine gun, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like, as I said, overall, like, it was, I love, there were a lot of post-medieval vibes in the game. There are many aspects of it, and that was one of my favorite elements about it. Yeah. And I think, have you heard that rumor that we might get a game set in medieval France, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would tie in perfect. It could almost be a prequel. It could almost be a prequel to Unity the same way Rogue is a prequel to AC3. Yeah. So, so also, the, I don't know like, how this is going, but uh, a new DLC has been leaked for Valhalla, and that is Meteor, something like that. Yeah, the Seizure Paris. Uh, uh, no, a, a third DLC has been leaked oh, for okay. Valhalla. Yeah. I wasn't aware. And the, code, and the name is the same code name as. The rogue, Assassin's Creed rogue, Mitsuya or something like that. Hmm. We might see some of this very soon. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, the uh, voice actor of Air, the uh, Magnus Brock, he posted a photo that he is doing the voices again. So that might be the third DLC. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But um, yeah, overall, Dead Kings was it was a cool little expansion. 
I like parts of it. Not the main narrative, but the map was pretty cool. Like the, as of the catacombs were really cool to explore. You know, you were down there all by yourself and it's really dark and creepy and, and the broken down cathedral and the guillotine gun, of course. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, in my opinion, the spotlight of the Death Kings was the guillotine gun. It was, and, and, um, and yeah, it was, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was that memorable. Uh, an, an expansion, at least narrative wise, but and more more in terms of gameplay, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there were there was some cool gameplay, and yeah. And as you said, Arno, you know, it's another sad story for him. Like, from how I understand it, after Elise's death, like, uh, Arno, what was it? He started drinking again. <laughs> like, he started drinking heavily. Then, you know, this happens. This is after his big like relapse or something, or before I can't quite remember, but there was some times where he he started drinking heavily and and the drinking in Versailles is before Elise's death. Th it is, but from how yeah. I understand it, after um, the main story ends um, in Unity, like there he he fell out at some point and started drinking heavily again, and then Dead Kings is shortly after that chronologically. Mm -hmm, yeah. From how I understand it, and then what was it after Dead Kings? He went to Africa for a while. Is that correct? He talks about that. Like, if you can get me on a ship to Africa, I will. I will help you or something. That is interesting. I think there was something with that. Anyway, I don't know too much about that. Let's leave that for the for the comic experts or something. Yeah. But yeah, that was. I think we missed that. The main ending. Of you know the main game was that was powerful you know in the temple and Arno losing Elise and him you know Arno, slowly slowly killing Chamon you know slowly yeah. putting the blade into his throat that was yeah that was that was powerful overall I think Unity was just a lot of great things about it like and I think the fact that that it was unplayable when it came out that it had the worst launch imaginable destroyed its reputation and that is why it's taken such a long time for it to slowly getting love now here almost seven years later exactly the launch and, was really effective and when i started playing it you know that was after three years it came out i had no problems with it whatsoever the game is a lot more stable right now it, it's also, it's, it still has its performance issues like frame rate drops maybe i've just never experienced it for me it's been smooth and it's I've always had a lot of fun with, with Unity, and I think there are still a few achievements I need to get, so there's still some hours in it for me, so, yeah. The, the chest is very rough. Yeah. I think I'm, what, 72% in without achievement? So... Keep up the work. Yeah, and... Yeah. Yeah, there's probably... And I think there's also a few co-op achievements I still need to get and whatnot, so... So, yeah. I don't know but, how, but uh, I was lucky enough that I achieved them from pretty soon. I don't know how. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, Ro Unity is just overall a really great game. Maybe not the strongest one story-wise, narrative-wise, I'd rather but, say. Yeah. Um, but gameplay-wise, yeah. brilliant, map-wise, phenomenal. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so, really great. Yeah. Is there anything else you uh, you want to cover here finally? Uh, at the end, I just want to say that uh, Unity was really ahead of its time. It really was a gem that people didn't understand it due to the yeah. many problems it had at launch. Like the 
performance issues, but yeah. etc. Maybe in reality, it really is an underrated game. I think it's the most underrated game. Yeah, definitely. In the maybe in reality, it would have been smart for Ubisoft to release it later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because they, it was you know, it was the fact that they just really wanted to you know keep it an annual title, or the higher ups at Ubisoft wanted that. Uh, all that stuff that you know hit the spotlight last summer all those controversies yeah. but you know yeah. they wanted to keep it an annual title and there was it was this new really powerful game engine that just wasn't polished enough yeah and I, like the trailers that uh, was coming out from unity it was like a, the next gen assassin's with all of that stuff that was pure hype absolutely and i've yeah. also seen some people say that it was due to the terrible launch of unity that mm -hmm. the AC franchise actually slowly started declining after. That's actually true. Yeah. Yeah, because and Syndicate came up. Yeah, Syndicate was. I'll talk about that in in one of the next episodes. But I loved Syndicate, mm -hmm. and from how I remember the reviews at the time, a lot of people said that was you know a great great comeback, like nine out of ten, and nine out of ten, ten out of ten. I agree with that. I agree with that. I love Syndicate. Punches and stuff. They were real fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can maybe we can maybe talk more about the the fall of Assassin's Creed in a later episode or whatnot. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, um, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, I just want to thank everyone for watching and listening to another episode of the Memory Corridor, and to stay up to date on everything happening here on the channel and more things Assassin's Creed such as AC Photography from both me and Armin. Uh, links to everybody's social media pages are down below, should you be interested in that. And as I always say, feedback and or topic ideas are more than welcome in the comments down below. So, thanks for watching and listening everyone. Hope to see everyone again for the next retrospective we're going to be doing. And uh, I can actually say for episode 20, the next one, I'm planning something big. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to be big. It's going to be special. It's going to be cool. So tune in there when that rolls out. And until that comes out, uh, thanks for joining me. I hope you had a fun time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, much appreciated. It really meant a lot. And, you know, talk about Unity. Yeah. It's really was fun. You're yeah. welcome to come back anytime. So Thank that you. sums it up for episode 19 of the Memory Corridor. Stay safe and active, everyone. See you later, Assassins. Peace.